0: hello everybody and welcome back to hope in the midst and today we will be talking about idolatry who's your heart's true master but before we start i'd like to pray for the word lord christ jesus thank you for this moment holy spirit teaches today what um God wants to share with us in this very moment. Anoint my lips to speak only what the Father wants for his people. Reveal to us what he's trying to say. God, thank you for your presence. I declare that every person that is hearing your voice, you embrace them in this very moment. Lord, teach us to treasure your word in our heart. Help us to meditate on it. Day in and day out. Lord, in your hands I place all the distractions and I declare that the voice of the enemy in this very moment shall be muted, canceled, and has no right or power over us. Lord, we are your children. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. So, we will be starting with two words, shining. Uh, then, hold on. We will be starting with two words: shining star, and son of morning. Is what the name of Satan means, but it also means enemy. And we are going to go to um we're going to go to Isaiah um hold on Isaiah Yeah Isaiah 14:12 Sorry, it's just I didn't write this completely down. Isaiah 14, 12. Where it says, How you, how you are fallen from heaven, O shining star, son of the morning. You have been thrown down to the earth you who destroyed the nations of the world wow and then another name for satan the enemy is lucifer and lucifer means light carrier and we can see that in second of corinthians second of corinthians chapter 11 verse 14 where it says but i am not surprised even satan disguises himself as an angel of light in o- in another version it says as a light carrier so then we also have morning star which means jesus and we're going to see that in the book of Revelation chapter 22, verse 16, where it says, or Jesus speaking, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this message for the churches. I am both the source of David and the heir to his throne. I am the bright morning star. Wow. So that's just a a little bit of a background because it prepa- it prepares the word um it prepares us for um Satan and who he is. Just a little background of how idolatry came. Um I'm going to go to the book of Ezekiel chapter 28 verse 14, 14 through 19 where it says I or I ordained you and anointed you as a mighty angelic ward- uh, guardian You had access to the holy mountain of God and you walked among the stones of fire. You were blameless in all you did from the day you were created until the day evil was found in you. Your rich commerce led you to violence and you sinned. So I banished you. In disgrace from the mountain of God, I expelled you, almighty guardian, from your place among the stones of fire. Your heart was filled with pride because all of your beauty, your wisdom was corrupted by your love of splendor. So I threw you to the ground and I exposed you to the curious gaze of kings you defiled your sanctuaries with your many sins and your dishonest trades so i f- brought fire. i so i brought fire out from within you and it consumed you i reduced you to ashes on the ground in the sight of all who were watching all who knew you were appalled at your faith oh at your fate sorry you have come to a terrible end and you will know and you will exist no more. Wouch. So Satan's thrown out from heaven. And in, I would like to, I would like for you guys to see verse 14 to understand. A little bit more. Where it says in the second part. You were... um, You were the model of perfection. Full of wisdom and exquisite in beauty. So you see, this is... And... This is what it means. So verse 14. It says. I ordained and anointed you. As a mighty angelic guardian. You had access to the holy mountain of God and walked among the stones of fire. So. That being said, stone of fire meant powerful angels that are filled with the holy spirit to another another verse that um we can see that uh can be referenced is second of Thessalonians chapter 2 Verse 6 through 8. 2nd of the Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 6 through 8, where it says, You know what you're holding, and you know what is holding him back. For he can be revealed only when his time comes. For this lawlessness is already at work secretly and it will remain It will remain secret until the one who is holding him back steps out of the way. The man of lawlessness will be revealed, but the Lord Jesus will slay him with the breath of his mouth and destroy him by the splendor of his coming. Wow. So why was uh, Lucifer, aka Satan, uh, why was he, or better yet, why was, call him by one of his angelic names, why was Shining Star thrown? So we're going to go. To verse 17 in Ezekiel. Uh again. And I gotta we're gonna jump back to Ezekiel 28. And we're gonna go down to verse 17. Where it says, Your heart was filled with pride because of your beauty. So he was in heaven a very beautiful angel and his heart it was filled with pride due to it so his wisdom was corrupted by his love of his splendor of his beauty so that's why he was thrown down to the ground and exposed he was exposed by god to the curious gaze of kings wow So his heart was filled with pride and his wisdom was corrupted by the love of splendor. Now we're going to see verse 18, part B, second part. So it says, so I brought fire out from within you and it consumed you. Wow. So God blows his Holy Spirit in all creation. But when he saw this corruption, he had to take out his Holy Spirit from him because nothing unclean can be in God's presence. Wow. That's a little backstory of where idolatry came from. It all began in heaven from Shining star, son of morning, Lucifer. You know, the angel was an angel of light. So, now we are going to go to Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3, verse 4 through 7, where it says... You won't die the serpent replied to the woman god knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it and you will be like god knowing both good and evil the woman was convinced she saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delici- delicious and she wanted the wisdom it would give her so she took some of the fruit and ate it then she gave it to her husband who was with her and he ate it too at that moment their eyes were opened and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness so they th- sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves so the fallen angel satan slash lucifer tries to convince eve and so he took a form of a serpent and he tried to plant doubt in her mind then falls into the trap Eve falls into the trap of doubt that has been planted so in verse 6 it says the woman was convinced and then later on in that same verse it says she wanted the wisdom wow so he made it look so beautiful and tempting for her so keep in mind the wisdom is corrupted by him. And then in verse 7, it's it says suddenly so suddenly felt shame at their nakedness, both Adam and Eve. It was the afterwards of eating the fruit that they were told by God not to eat they had every single fruit that they could possibly have and yet just planting that little doubt in their mind boom they fall and they eat so satan took the form of a serpent so serpents are cunning sneaky and bring death temptation and they are deceitful so now we are going to go to Genesis 31, verse 19. Part the second part of the verse 19. So Genesis chapter 31, verse 19. On the second part of second half of verse 19 where it says rachel stole her father's household idols and took them with her wow so rachel rachel stole her father's household idols and took them with her why i don't know i don't know what she was thinking i don't know um that moment what was you know running through her mind and you know, what she was planning to do. So we can see the half-hearted worship here. And in that time, it was Jacob wanting to leave Laban, father of Rachel and Rachel's sister, Leah. Wow, So then we're going to jump down in the same chapter, Genesis chapter 31. We're going to jump down to uh, verse 32 through 35. So it says, but as for your gods, see if you could find them and let the person who has taken them die. And if you find anything else that belongs to you, identify it before all the relatives of ours and I will give it back but jacob did not know that rachel his wife had stolen the house the household items so laban laban went to um went first into jacob's tent to search there then into leah's and then the tents of the two servant wi- of the two servant wives but he found nothing and finally he went into rachel's tent but rachel had taken the household items and hidden them in her camel saddle and now she was sitting on them but laban had thoroughly searched her tent without finding them she said to her father please sir forgive me if i don't get up for you i i'm having my monthly peer excuse me my monthly period so laban continued his search but he could not find house holds idols wow so laban falsely accuses jacob of theft so he searches everybody's tent and everybody's belongings moving and throwing and i can imagine probably throwing around and making a mess everywhere in everybody's tent and everybody's you know home and to Jacob's knowledge he didn't even know that Rachel took it and strong words he used saying if you know you uh you find something and it's yours the person who ever taken it should die wow strong strong words and little did he know that his wife took it wow so now we're going to go into Genesis chapter 2, chapter 32, my bad. Sorry. Genesis chapter 32, where it talks about the golden calf. Um, yeah, the golden calf. So as Jacob started on his way again, angels of God came to meet him when Jacob saw them he exclaimed this is God's camp he named the place manaim which means two camps then Jacob sent messengers ahead of his brother oh sorry 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 not Genesis 32 I am so sorry so sorry golden calf my bad it is an exodus i was like wait what what am i reading i was reading uh something else and thinking something else sorry 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 golden calf exodus chapter 32 um when i when the people and it says when the people saw how long it was taking moses to come back down from the mountain they gathered around aaron come on they said make some gods for us so they can lead us Uh, make god make us some gods who can lead us we don't know what happened to this fellow moses who brought us here from the land of egypt so aaron said take the gold rings from your ears of your wives and sons and daughters and bring them to me All the people took the gold rings from their ears and brought them to Aaron. Then Aaron took the gold, melted it down, and molded it into the shape of a calf. When the people saw it, they exclaimed, Oh, Israel, these are the gods who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Aaron saw how excited people were. So he built an altar in front of the calf. Then they announced, Tomorrow will be a festival for the Lord. Wow. Verse 6, the people got up early in the morning to sacrifice burnt offerings and peace offerings. After this, they celebrated with feasting and drinking, and they indulged in pagan revelry. The Lord told Moses, quick, go down, go down the mountain. Your people whom you, whom you brought from the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. How quickly they have turned away from the way I commanded them to live. To live, they have melted down gold and made it and made a calf, and they bowed down and sacrificed to it. And they're saying, these, uh, these are your gods, O Israel, who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Then the Lord said, I have seen how stubborn and rebellious these people are. Now leave me alone so my fierce anger can blaze against them and I will destroy them. Then I will make you, Moses, a great nation. But Moses tried to pacify the Lord his God. O Lord, he said, why are you so angry with your own people whom you brought out? Oh, from whom you brought from the land of Egypt with such great power and a str- and such a strong hand. Why let the Egyptians say their God rescued them from the evil intention of slaughtering them in the mountains and wiping them from the face of the earth? Turn away from your fear, fierce anger. Change your mind about this terrible disaster you have threatened against your people. Remember your servants, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You bound yourself with an oath to them saying, I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars of heaven. And I will give them all of this land. That I have promised to your descendants. And they will possess it forever. So the Lord. Changed his mind. About the terrible disaster. That he threatened to bring on his people. Then Moses turned. And went down the mountain. He held in his hands. in uh, The two stone tablets. Inscribed with the terms of the covenant. They were inscribed on both sides front and back these tablets were works of god and were god's work the words on them were written by god himself when joshua heard the boisterous noise of the people (coughs) excuse me of the people shouting below them he exclaimed to moses it sounds like a war in the camp but Moses replied, "No, it's not a shout of victory, nor the wailing of defeat. I hear the sound of a celebration when they came near the camp. Moses saw a calf and the dancing, and he and he burned with anger. He threw the He threw the stone tablets to the ground, smashing them at the floor of the mountain. Wow, he took the calf they made and burned it then he Then he ground it into powder, threw it into the water and forced the people to drink it. Finally, turned to Aaron and he demanded, what did these people do to make you bring such terrible sin upon them? Don't be upset, my lord, Aaron said. You yourself know how evil these people are they said to me make us gods who will lead us we don't know what happened to this fellow moses who brought us here from the land of egypt so i told them whoever has jewelry take it off when they brought it to me i simply threw it to the fire and out came this calf moses saw that aaron had let the people get completely out of controls much of the amusement much to the amusement of their enemies So he stood at the entrance of the camp and shouted, All of you who are on the Lord's side, come here and join me. And all the Levites gathered around him. Moses told them, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. Each of you take your swords and go back and forth from one end to the camp to another. Kill everyone, even your brothers, friends and neighbors. The Levites obeyed Moses' command, and about 3,000 people died that day. Ouch. Then Moses told the Levites, Today you have ordained yourselves for the service of the Lord, for you obeyed him, even though it it meant killing your own sons and brothers. Today you have earned a blessing. Wow. So, whew, Moses is gone to Mount Sinai in God's presence and was gone for a long time. So the people went to Aaron, his brother, and asked him to make gods who can lead the people. Ask for He asked for all the gold, met, melted it, and it molded into a calf. The people praised that statue, made it an altar and burned offerings and sacrifices to praise that man made idol, man made idol. And that's verse one through six. So here's the very important thing that, to see. Verse nine through 14. I'm not going to reread it. I'm just going to paraphrase everything. So basically, God is getting God got so mad To the point where he calls his people stubborn and rebellious and that he will destroy them with his anger and then make Moses a great nation. But, but Moses, this is a very important part. Moses tried to calm God down by reminding him his promise of the descendants as numerous as the stars and giving them all the land so moses basically reminded god of the promise and that is what that is what calmed him down because then suddenly he has changed his mind so the lord changes his mind and didn't allow what he originally planned so you see with pacifying god it It brought him to like rethink it through. He made that promise. But. He also saw people's hearts. There's some people. The Levites. There was Levites. Who obeyed. Like how in the end. In verse 29. How how we just read. how, um, How they obeyed. What God wanted them to do. So. By seeing the heart. That's why he changed his original plan. So, God showed mercy and did the following. Verse, as I was saying, you could see it, verse 25 through 29. All who were on the side of the Lord, come and join me. An important verse was 27 and 28. So... The Levites, as I was saying, the Levites had to go and get their sword and they had to go back and forth from one end of the camp to the other and they killed everyone. Brothers, friends, neighbors, and that day died 3,000 people. Wow. <laughs> So I'm going to give you guys a explanation of the golden calf. So it's obviously, you know, gold. But when I did some research, it's an it's um the Egypt a calf comes from Egyptian god Apis or Apis. I can't I can't pronounce the the name Apis or Apis. I don't know. But anyways, that's one. And then they have a, a god in Canaan who is also a um a calf as well, a bull calf, and his name is Baal. And both in both um this golden calf represents fertility fertility, prosperity, and power. So basically money sex and or er, sex money and fear or er, sorry not fear power sex money and power three things wow so so basically um they were frustrated with God to to satisfy the whole that they had in their heart and now here's a here's a question what is it what is the thing in your life that if you lost it you feel like life isn't worth living anymore so basically in other words an idol is anything that you run to to make you feel security to make you feel safe um hope on a daily basis Anything that makes you feel what I just said is basically your God. So now we're going to go to Leviticus chapter 18, verse 3, where it says, So do not act like the people in Egypt where you used to live, or like the people of Canaan, where I'm taking you. You must not imitate their way of life. So basically, God is calling his people to not be like how the people of egypt are or the canaanites so he says don't imitate their way of life their decisions their culture their um the way that they celebrate things etc etc so god has moved them from one place to another place he didn't want them to absorb all the cultural things that weren't pleasing or honoring God completely and now we're going to go to Leviticus chapter 26 verse 1 where it says do not make idols or step or set up carved images or sacred pillars or sculpted stones in your hand in your land so you may worship them i am the lord your god so god warns his people over and over and over again not to worship idols in today's time in our society god speak to us the same way giving us his people the same warning he did he he gave back then to the israelites his chosen people so an idol is anything more important to us than god for example money pride beauty success security and popularity and then anything else that takes us um that takes away the the the, the the place of god And we make, when we end up making God a second, not necessarily, um, not necessarily a carved image or a sacred pillar or, uh, stones that we end up, you know, that we end up worshiping. Not only that, it's, that is something, uh, physical. Now, you know, an idol can also be something that is unseen. So, um, Deuteronomy chapter four verse 16 through 31 deuteronomy chapter 4 verse 16 through 31 so it says so do not corrupt yourselves by making an idol in any form whether of a man or a woman an animal on the ground a bird in the sky a small animal that scurries along the ground a fish or a fish in the deepest sea And when you look up into the sky and you see the sun, moon, and stars, all the forces of heaven, don't be seduced into worshiping them. The Lord your God gave them all to the peoples of the earth. Remember that the Lord rescued you from the iron smelting furnace of Egypt in order to make you his very own people and his special possession, which is what you are today. 21 but the lord was angry with me because of you he vowed that he would not cross the jordan river that i would not cross the jordan river into a good land the lord your god is giving you as your special possession you will cross the jordan to occupy the land but i will not instead i will die here on the east side of the river so be careful not to break the covenant of the lord your god he has made with you do not make idols of any shape or form, for the Lord your God has forbidden this. The Lord your God is devo- is a devouring fire. He is a jealous God. In the future, when you have children and grandchildren and have lived in the land a long time, do not corrupt yourselves by making idols of any kind. This is evil in the sight of the Lord your God and will arouse his anger. Today, hold on, uh-oh. Oh, man, I lost my place. For. Hmm. Where was I? Um... Oh, here we go. Verse 26 Today I call on heaven and earth as witnesses against you. If you break my covenant you will quickly disappear from the land you are crossing the Jordan to occupy. You will live there only for a short time. Then you will be utterly destroyed. Ouch. For the Lord will scatter you among the nations where only a few of you will survive. There in a foreign land you will worship idols made from wood and stones. Oh, wood and stone. God's that neither see nor hear nor eat nor smell but from there you will search again for the lord your god and if you search for him with all your heart and soul you will find him in a distant future you oh when you are suffering all these things, you will finally return to the Lord your God and listen to what he tells you. For the Lord your God is, merciful, is a merciful God and will not abandon you or destroy you or forget the solemn covenant he made with your ancestors. Wow. So nothing on the ground, sky, sea, animal, human, or anything that is to do with God's creation shall never be worshipped. Verse, and we can see that obviously in starting from verse 16 to verse 19. Now we're going to go to Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 26. Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 26, where it says, Do not bring any detestable objects into your home. For then you will be destroyed just like them. You must you must utterly detest such things for they are set apart for destruction. So be careful with what you bring into your home because it is a door in the spiritual realm that you yourself open to the enemy and you end up falling into his trap. And can in some cases lead you astray from God without even knowing it. So, in this moment, if you have anything um, that the Holy Spirit is guiding you to throw away, throw it away in the name of Jesus and declare that that spiritual door in the name of Jesus is closed by God himself because he is the one who can open and close doors so when he opens something the enemy can't you know get in why because God has you covered and that is your door but when he closes a door in your life you can't open it and the enemy can't open it why because God says so amen so Deuteronomy chapter 13 verse 1 through 11 Deuteronomy chapter 13 verse 1 through 11 where it says suppose there are prophets among you or those who dream dreams about the future and they promise you signs or miracles and the, and the predicted signs or mar- or miracles occur if they then say come let's worship other gods gods you have not known before don't listen to them the lord your god is testing you to see if you truly love him with all your heart and soul serve only the lord your god and fear him alone obey his commands listen to his voice and cling to him the false prophets and visionaries who tried to lead you astray, must be put to death. For they encouraged rebellion against the Lord your God, who redeemed you from slavery and brought you out of the land of Egypt. Since, that, since they tried to lead you astray from the way the Lord your God commanded you to live, you must put them to death. In this way, you will purge the evil uh, from being among you. Suppose someone someone secretly entices you, even your brother, your son or daughter, your beloved wife, or your close friend and says, let us worship other gods, gods that neither you nor your ancestors have known. They might suggest that you worship the gods of people who live nearby or who come from the ends of the earth, but do not give in or listen. Have no pity and do not spare nor protect them. You must put them to death strike the first to blow yourself and then all people must join in stone the guilty ones to death because they have tried to draw you away from the lord your god who rescued you from the land of egypt the place of slavery then all of israel will hear about it and be afraid and no one will act so wickedly again wow so the Israelites were warned not to listen to false prophets or anybody that is trying to lead them away from God. Temptation comes creeping up to a, um to abandon God's commands in those times. It may not have been uh it may not have been a loud shout, but it can also be a small little whisper of doubt they can be overcome by getting closer to god and studying his word so by doing so in today's times um by searching for god and his word um you're not get, you're not being put any doubt in your mind why because when you focus on god and god alone that's all you ever think about there's no space for doubt to ever enter into your mind Amen. So now we're going to go to the book of Judges. Chapter 2. Judges. um, Chapter 2. Verse 11 through 15. Where it says. where it says the israelites did evil in the lord's sight and served the images of baal they demand they oh sorry they abandoned the lord the god of their ancestors who had brought them out of egypt They went after other gods, worshiping the gods of the people around them, and they angered the Lord. They abandoned the Lord to serve Baal and the images of Ashereth. These made the Lord burn with anger against Israel, so he handed them over to raiders who stole their possessions. He turned them over to all their enemies all around, and they were no longer able to resist them. Every time Israel went out to battle the Lord fought against them causing them to be defeated just as he held, had warned and the people were in great distress so in this so the this generation of Israelites had already abandoned what they were taught and they began to worship Baal and other false gods so what does God want from you to be, what does God want from you? He wants you to be firm on him, to, to fully have your focus on him, amen? And what will you do if, some, if somebody peer pressures you to disobey what God has already established, is a question. What will you do? Will you fall into the peer pressure to be pulled away from God's presence? Or will you continue to seek God and what He has for you? Now we're gonna go to the uh, book of First the Kings, chapter. Sorry. First the Kings, chapter twelve, verse twenty-five. Verse twenty five through thirty three. Um, it's uh, the king Jeroboam makes gold calves. I I'm not gonna read the whole thing due to the um, question of of time, but I will make a um, I will paraphrase it best way I can. So basically, first uh, Kings chapter twelve verse twenty five to through 33 it's basically Jeroboam king of Israel makes golden calf idols for the people to worship because Jerusalem is so far away and also doesn't another thing he doesn't want the people to pledge their allegiance again to the king Rehoboam in um Jerusalem so he uses that the the excuse of it being too far And, um, why go, um, you know, why go over there to the temple of Jerusalem and praise God and, you know, do the sacrifices when you can just stay here and, um, you know, burn your sacrifices, burn your offerings and all that kind of stuff here. But what is very important to see is verse 28 through 30. Where it says, so on the advice, excuse me. So on the advice of his counselors, the king made two gold calves and he said to his people, is it too much trouble for you to worship in Jerusalem? Look, Israel, these are the gods who brought you out of Egypt. Wow. So he lied to them and he convinced them that the golden calf that was made by human hand he, he manipulated the people. He he brought doubt. He planted a seed of doubt. And said that the golden calf was the was the person who, who took him out of Egypt where they were where where their ancestors were slaves and um thank to thank the golden calf. Which how which basically represents fertility, sex. Prosperity, money, and power—that's what it basically represents. In this sense, power. Why? Because the king of the king of Israel, king, yeah, king of yeah, king of Israel, Jeroboam was had that fear of losing his people. So now we're going to go to uh 1st Kings chapter 14 verse 7 through 11. Um it says give your husband Jeroboam this message from the Lord the God of Israel. I promoted you from the ranks of the common people and made you ruler over the people of Israel. I ripped the kingdom away from your fa- from the fam- from the family of David and give it to you. But you d- you have not been like my servant David who obeyed my commands and followed me with all his heart and always did whatever I wanted. You done more evil than all who lived before you. You have made other gods for yourself and have made me furious with your gold calves. And since you turn your back on me, I will bring disaster on you and your dynasty and will destroy every one of your male descendants, slave and free alike anywhere in israel and i will burn up your royal dynasty as the one burns oh as one burns up trash until it is all gone the members of jeroboam's family who die in the city will be eaten by dogs and those who die in the field will be eaten by vultures i the lord have spoken wow so the consequences of the king for leading God's people astray was verse is in verse uh, 10 and 11 so bring disaster on his dynasty, destroy each and every um, male descendant, slave and free from any part of Israel, wherever they may be. so burns up the dynasty as how one burns trash until it's all completely gone so members of jeroboam's family who die in the city will get eaten by dogs and those who die in the field will be eaten by vultures i mean die in the field will be eaten by vultures wow so oh but what kind of a dog eats human that that is like so then is it like a if I don't know. Does God mean that he sends wolves? Because that's the only dog that you know eats humans. Because domestic dogs don't do that unless they have domestic dogs and I don't know, I'm pretty sure wolves. I think I think in another verse it's I I can't remember which version says of uh, wolves or something or some something f- uh, ferocious ferocious uses the word ferocious, I can't I can't remember which one which version it says it in but, you know. Um. So why, why did people continually turn to idols instead of God? The answer is idols. They're tangible. They're more. They're morally similar. They have human characteristics. They're comprehensible and can be manipulated worshiping idols involves materialism sexual immorality doing whatever a person wanted and focusing on oneself but god is intangible he can't be touched he is he has divine characteristics and he is incomprehensible which means we can't understand what god wants like and the spiritual. Why? Because our minds here on earth, we are limited unless through the Holy Spirit, he gives us revelation. Then we'll know what you know what he means, but we have to ask for that feeling. Amen. Um and also, God cannot be manipulated. You can't cry your eyes out and manipulate God just to get what you want. No. That's not how it works. That's not how God works. He can't be manipulated. Why? Because he sees For your best interest. He sees uh, for you. Amen. He doesn't want to give you something. That leads you to destroy yourself. (sighs) He gives us what is good for us. Amen. So worshiping God involves sacrifice. Purity. Commitment. Obedience. And helping others. So now we're going to go to... um, Second of Kings chapter thirteen, verse four through six, where it says, "Then Jeho Jehoza, Jehoza Jehoaz." can't pronounce his name right, prayed for the Lord's help. And the Lord heard his prayer for he could see how severely the king of Aram was oppressing Israel. So the Lord provided someone to rescue the Israelites from the tyranny of the Arameans. Arameans. Then Israel lived in safety again as they had in former years, but they continued to sin following the example of Jeroboam. They also allowed the asherah pole in samaria to remain standing wow see so they allowed for uh they, they still continued in their idolatry just how king jeroboam did in um israel and they had they, they were told do not have um anything sacred or uh, um idols or pillars sacred pillars and all that stuff and what they still have it they have a asherah pole still standing so even though God was there was there faithfully to um to be with the Israelites they didn't they didn't seem to be all in they were half in and now this is very important we must we need to and we must say yes to a life of commitment with God not just being half in half out like how in verse 6 where it says but they continue to sin following the example of king jeroboam see because king jeroboam was half in but half out and that's why that that's why we have to that's why we have to say yes to being in a life committed to God so now we're going to go to second of kings chapter 15 verse 1 through 5 it's gonna talk um um, again due to the question of time i am going to paraphrase this uh section second of kings chapter 15 verse 1 through 5 on your own time read it but i'm gonna paraphrase it it talks about the king um king uziah who rules in judah So even though King Uzziah was a good leader and he did everything that was pleasing to the eyes of God, he didn't follow through with what God had ordered, destroying the pagan shrines. And because, so the result for him not destroying these pagan shrines, like how he was supposed to, he ended up getting leprosy, this, this, uh, um, what we call what we call now um skin cancer but it was back then extra really super mega strong to the point where you know it looks nasty anyways yeah so he had leprosy and had it until he died and we and that's verse three you can see that in verse three through five and because in verse five it says the lord stuck struck the king King Isaiah usiah with leprosy, and he had to live in isolation. That is how bad it got. Wow. Um. Now we're going to go to the book of. Um, we're going to stay in the same book. We're just gonna drop down to, um, verse thirty four and thirty. Uh, We're still in 2nd Kings chapter 15, but we're gonna drop all the way down to verse 34 and 35, where it says, Jotham did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight. He did everything his father Isaiah done. Ooh, Isaiah, my bad. But, verse 35 but he did not destroy the pagan shrines, and the people still offered sacrifices. And burnt incense there. He, re- he rebuilt the upper gate of the temple of the Lord. Wow. So, again, half in, half out. See how he's he's he did what was pleasing in the eyes of the Lord. But yet, he didn't destroy the pagan shrines. People were still offering uh, sacrifices and burning incense to those false gods who don't hear, don't speak don't um eat don't use their hands there's no their hands they're not being used nothing's happening it's just a statue that's just standing there receiving things that aren't even worth it but yet and still he rebuilt the upper gate of the temple of the lord that's a good thing but the bad thing was not destroying the pagan shrines so jothan jotham or however you pronounce his name Um, He was a decent king, but didn't destroy the pagan shrines. His uh, most crucial mistake was not fully obeying God and what God has called him to do, which was destroy the pagan shrines. Amen.